Now dumb for having listened to it. And welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, episode number 85, The Call-In Show. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes who have known each other forever, who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to talk everything Essendon Football Club. My name is Grant, and with me is Scott. Hello, everyone. Exciting to have our first ever call-in show. This is uh, going to be cool. We've got what is that, four, five, or six people already, five, already lined up to call yep. in. So uh, it'll be a good idea for us to to understand where fans are at. As also, we obviously give our opinions, but it's actually good to uh, have a chat to some of our our listeners and to see where their minds are at, what, what are they thinking, whether it might be uh, with the, uh, obviously, the noise around two plays, it it might what, be. What are you uh, talking about? What noise? I don't know who fans are at. Don't know who you're talking about. What? What? What two players? Yeah, for some reason, there's just this little, this, uh, little like, story. No, nah, I wouldn't worry about it. I don't think it's a thing. <laughs> so let's go into the elephant, obviously in the room. Joe Danaher and Razio Fantasia. Obviously, there's there's literally a news article coming out every half an hour. The, the, look, there's, there's two elements to this. It's kind of like your factual. Um, state. What, yeah, what is factual? What is factual, and what's the actual state of play, and what, as a fan, is our gut feel? Now, I'll go with a gut feel, right? And and the reason why, sorry to interrupt, but the reason why we're doing that is because we don't know. Yes. Other than gut feel, like seriously, we and you and everybody out there, including Barrett and and um, all the other guys, they don't know. They just don't know. So when you see, always oh, definitely going. Look, it may happen, but it might not. So when we have a bit of a chat about this now, we're just going to go with what we think from the gut as a fan. Yeah, look, obviously, I think I'm... I'm look, I'm probably speaking on, uh, like most fans are thinking at the moment. If you had a gut feel, um, you would not be confident on Orazio right now. Yeah. Uh, yep. Not so much that he, he flew to Adelaide because his girlfriend's there, family. So that's, that's, that's the, nothing new. The season's officially done, so oh. yeah. I'm not sure if I'm comfortable with it, with, even though it's a bit of stalking, but the, a, a microphone in his face at the airport and basically saying, hey, are you committed to Essendon? And he's basically saying, I'm not here to answer that. And I'm yeah, here for other reasons. Idiot reporters, yeah. Now, I think personally, me, this is my personal feeling. Great, may differ on this. If I, if I feel like the guy... It's just naturally, like he said, because remember he said two months ago that the whole thing was laughable. Of course, he's going to play for Essendon in 2020. And, you know, he, he talked about it with the playing group, said there's nothing to it. Oh, definitely be, yeah, the whole thing's laughable. And that's the words he actually used. Now, to then just sort of ignore the reporter, say I'm not here to talk about that. If you're that, if it's that laughable, it's one easy thing to say because you, you won't have a reporter coming to your house. He, you would stop at the airport and say, actually, mate, yeah, yeah, this whole, I, I know my name's been brought up again. There's nothing to it. I'll be playing for Essendon in 2020. I'm just enjoying the break, but I'm looking forward to seeing Essendon in a, in me in an Essendon jumper. Yep. I don't think that, I don't think many reporters go then to his house or anything like that and keep following him. So I do have to be concerned that he didn't want to shut that down. And I do a little bit concerned that, you know, He's left his manager and he doesn't have a manager at the moment. And why did you leave your manager? And, and there's a whole lot of things up in the air with Raz. And uh, it, it, this, 
I've always felt, and that's just things that I've heard, I'll say that, I've always felt there was more smoke than Raz let on mid-year about the Adelaide connection. I felt definitely that Port Adelaide felt they could get him. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I felt like maybe Raz had a change of heart, and I took him by his word uh, a couple of months ago when he made that, because it was so emphatic, that press statement. It was, you know, when you would see the word, when you're using the words, it was laughable and being so emotive about it. Yeah, we spoke to all me and the other players. I think most fans just said, okay, well, that's that, and we all moved on. So it, it would be a strange turn of events for me that it, it turned around that he's actually now going to go. And uh, and I don't think it would sit well. He has every right to an employee. He has every right to do how what he wants to do. But I just, I don't know, just being, I guess, a footy fan, uh, I, I wouldn't, uh, th- I think if most people thought about that press statement two months ago, I think it would be, uh, no, most people would be pretty disappointed that, it was actually a bit of a furphy. Uh, yeah. On Joey, I literally have no idea. I, I, I don't know what's... I feel like there's five different scenarios that could happen. There's... there's He may be wanting to go to Sydney. He may be not wanting to play football. He he may be wanting to get an extension with Essendon, you know, and playing a good hard bargain. There's just so many scenarios in my head that I you sense there's a lot of talks going behind the scene between just one or two intimate people who, who need to know and we have no idea. And so I am I confident? I you know, I don't think anyone can be. I, I think I think it's the same sinking feeling that we or maybe it's just anxiety or fear. But I don't think I can go into it confident. But I have no basis to understand anything. No, and I, I don't think we none of us do, right? But the one thing we can sort of point to, and I think it's the one that Scotty and I were talking about earlier, we're three days out from a trade period. And nothing from Joe. Now, if you're sitting on the sunny side of the street, you look at that and go, well, yeah, cool, because it's three days out and Joe's not going anywhere. He's contracted. contracted, And Dan Richardson came out and said he's contracted. So they're making plans to have Joe Danaher running out of a square next year, right? The fact that, and Scotty and I often sort of discuss this piece, that he doesn't need to answer to provide a response on whether or not he's going to continue his career at Essendon or not, he doesn't need to provide that response to anybody's timeline other than the club's and his own. Now, if he is such an in-demand player, just good old market dynamics means that he can make a decision any time he likes. Now, the other thing too is that, the other thing you've got to remember is that he's contracted. So the only decision he has to make is whether or not to break his contract or not break his contract, or break his contract. That's it. So... Don't, the, the bit that worries me is that um, silence, there's yeah. silence. Three days out from a trade period where Doro and his team need to understand what's yeah. going on in, in sort of hard terms. And as much as Richardson had that statement right, it wasn't categoric, was it? It, it wasn't... Oh, it, look, but Scotty, the, it was, the door it was, was open for... Yeah, but the, like, we don't really know, but we're confident because he's contracted. That's the thing. Yeah. I, liked the, I liked the fact that he came out and said what he knew to be fact at that moment. Yeah, exactly. And it was, you had to come out and say, oh, look, we're doing a deal with Joe. We really hope we can do it. We're not sure. He came out and said, guys, what are we worried about? He's a contracted player. Yeah. He has a contract for next year. He's a professional. We're expecting him to play at Essendon next year. Now, they should have every right to think that out of Joe. Yeah. Until. The only problem is you got the CEO the previous week also stating on radio that, you know, 
Joe's had a tough couple of years with his injury. He's just thinking on things and he might, you know, he's taking a, a bit of a break just to think on things in his future. And, and I think that's where it opened for me the door of, oh, okay, there's a little bit more to this as far as a, it does sound like a decision needs to be made rather than it's just contracted, it is just naturally playing for us. Yeah, like there, there was something more to it that he's grappling with. Now, that could be just he's grappling with footy and, and life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, st- I always felt at some points this still might not even relate to Sydney yet. It could be about a lot of factors about his enjoyment of the game, yeah. enjoyment of, uh, you know, uh, about being in Melbourne or the or just the A4 bubble. Or, yep. There's so many scenarios, and uh, I think it's just been a month of assumptions by probably 150 articles that we've all read. I know. And that's the, the, the weight of the weight of those arguments is now very well, uh, on the side of Joe leaving for pick five and nine and all of that sort of stuff. And look, it might happen. There's a pathway there for Joe to go to Sydney. His dad played there. He's, there's picks there. There's picks available. Papley will end up going to Carlton or wherever the hell he's going to go. So there is a pathway there. And it is concerning that nowadays, apparently it is okay um, to break a legal contract and go play somewhere else. And the AFL clubs are un- over a barrel that they have to let him go. Because if you say, no, I'm going to hold you to your contract, Joe just probably won't want to be there. We'll play real bad next year. And then we lose him for literally nothing the next year. So you got to let these guys go, which sucks if you're an AFL um, team. Um, but look, I sincerely hope he stays. But on our opinion, and it is just that, is our opinion the same as Barrett and all those guys, we think he's going to go. Yeah, the, 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 you just sense without... It's very hard, isn't it? Yeah, you do sense that there's something to this and... Uh, which is, wouldn't and, it be and nice? I think most fans are getting mentally prepared for that for that day to get yeah. the news and and uh, and look, I will say this though: one, the club will always remain as the Essendon Football Club. No, I've always said, uh, no one's no one's greater than this club. This club will always continue on as normal. Right. Uh, my membership will be as normal. My support yep. will be as normal. And do you know what? As much as he gets criticism, Dodoro, I'm probably drafting. I have a strong faith in Dodoro as far as trade week. And I have a, a belief that this guy prepares extremely well with his team. And he would have every scenario... Oh, down pat. Down pat of what, of, of what could happen and what we could get out of it. So I know Dodoro believes that our list is, is getting strong now to compete up to the highest level. So I doubt it. But I could be wrong, but I doubt he wants to go to the draft with uh, with a pick five, nine, and fifteen or whatever it is. I, I think he would want to get some quality quickly back in in around the age twenty three to twenty six mark. Yeah, absolutely. So that then gives us um gives us Raz. Yep. So uh, look, there's not much more we could say about that. Just to, before we get to our callers who are just about to call in. Yep. Uh, quick congratulations to Zach Merritt. Hey, yeah, yeah, Fan- yeah. Fantastic effort. Uh, won't go too much. It was, you know, when you look at the top 10, they're all kind of worthy, good players. Uh, probably if I'm being a bit cheekier, I think Stringer was probably in my, probably top, at least top six Should or seven. Should have been in the 10 at least. Um, I had Ambrose about fourth. So, but it's all a little bit semantics. It's, it doesn't really, 
the main mid, match. The mids dominate, and we understand yeah. that. Uh, so, but big congratulations to Zach. Uh, but look, it's time that worse we take a break and we get our callers on the line. This is going to be cool. This is going to be fun. And our first caller into the show. This is, is so cool. It's a call in show. Is Gwenda. How are you, Gwenda? Uh, not too bad, boys. Yourselves? Very, very good. Now, we're, what we're doing is we're, we're having a chat to fans just to talk about probably about the 2020 season, what they think of the. Uh, how Essendon may go. Now, obviously, there's a two couple of names that we're all a bit nervous about. Uh, but, how look, how are you seeing, one, this uh, trade period sort of gossip, but two, how are you seeing the Rutten uh, succession plan in Essendon for 2020? Mm, well, I've sort of been sitting down thinking about this one, and I'm not very... I don't think it's going to really work because... Rutten, as you can probably guess, has already had a year under water. Yep. And unless they change and allow Rutten to change the game plan to the way he wants to play, then it's not really going to make much difference. I look, I think that's actually very well summed up. I to to that point, Feisty. I think you're right in that. As good as Wusher has been, uh, his game plan I don't, hasn't stood up. It hasn't stacked up no. well enough to just compete in finals and that sort of stuff. I think at the by the Bombers announcing Rutten now, I think you're going to find that Rutten will be the head coach next year and Wusher will be there just to do the interviews and the media and stuff. Like The game plan will be Rutten's and Wusher will just be there to, to, to see it through and help Rutten through. That's what I reckon. Well, I'm hoping that's the way it goes. And plus, with Carousella on board, I can see a very different way of um, midfield into forwards. That's we a very really good point. That. Yeah, it, it's. Mm. I, I there was two things. Just to your, even your original comment, I I sensed in the presser when Rutten was talking about. You know, I think actually no, he said it after the presser that on radio that he wanted to tinker with the game plan and that we can't. And he kind of politely said, we can't rely on sort of that slingshot footy from halfback. Yeah. Uh, it's probably not sustainable. I think he was politely kind of, for me anyway, I was like reading between the lines going, I think you're suggesting that maybe you're you're going to put a bit more of a footprint on what you want to do. And and the good part is, hey, that he knows Carousella so well. So um, yeah. you know that they're going to go, let's put a system that we know that we feel stands up. Because I think you'll find, too, uh, the back line, they've already got that set. They know, the back line sort of knows what they're doing. Yep. And I think you'll find now with Sard and McKenna, it'll be, you don't need to run so so much. You can kick the ball into the forward as long as you kick it low. And I would absolutely love that, Feisty. And this this interesting thing for me is that when, like, when you talk to another supporter like yourself, we can see the really the real weaknesses that the Bombers have, yeah. right? And it's it's Sadi and, and McKenna, God bless them, they run like madmen, right? And it's great. Yeah. They put distance on everybody, but then they get to the wing or they get to inside the square and it just falls down from there. So I'm really 
Rutten as a coach is great and he was very highly thought of, but I think the really big appointment for us is Carousella. Because oh, definitely. If, yep. we can, if we can get our halfbacks and our mids to lower their eyes and hopefully kick to a six foot six son of a Essendon player, um, <laughs> uh, maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully. Um, he's still there. But if we could keep our eyes lowered for the forwards, I think that's what changes for next year for us. I think, And I think Carousella will be doing that. And they'll have all had a bit of a chat to say that Rutten is going to be all but running the show. Yeah, I had a talk with uh, Sammy Draper the other night at the Crichton. Yep, yep. He said he's going very well, hoping that he will play the first round of the VFL. Oh, well, that's excellent. So he said everything's on track and, yeah, so that that should be. It is. And spoke to Mason Redman and Aaron Francis, as you know, they're going on holidays together. Yeah, yeah, oh, nice. that's right. Yeah, they had to. Yeah. Apparently, Francis has got to keep Redmond under control. That's yeah. the whole deal. He's a bit of a um, he's a bit of a loose cannon, is Mason Mason Redmond. I he reckon. is, but he's a good egg. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I look. Actually, I remember us two speaking to him at a was it a sponsors night maybe one time, um, and he was such a lovely guy. Like he he is really Aussie, but just so easy to talk to, and yeah. Afterward, I was like, oh, how awesome is, is Mace? He's, yeah. He's just one of those guys you – it's actually a bit like Gleason for me as well. When I talk to them, I can't stop smiling, and I'm, and I'm just like, oh, how good are these guys? Um, there's a really, yeah. There's a really good core young group coming through. Uh, I, there and, is. And, and I know it sounds weird because it's just Instagram and that, but the amount of interaction our young group have socially, it, it's such an important thing that – Oh, I, I really value because they you can tell the the genuine friendships between Clarkie and Francis and Draper, all these guys, it's really close. Yeah, and they, they all sort of like they go out and socialise together. So they're not like, oh, we're going to footy, so we'll catch up with the boys there. They sort of make time to, to socialise together and, and that helps, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Quick question for yeah. you, Feisty. We're going to ask this of all of the callers uh, today. Who are you looking out for next year? Who do you think, I mean, apart from the obvious guys, um, yep. who, who do you think maybe are we going to see a bit of a step up? I think we'll see a step up from, well, I think Francis will definitely go a, a higher level. Excellent. Yep. Yes, he's very excited and he's very happy he got his three years. And and I'm actually looking forward to seeing bringing in Dylan Clark a more bit more now. Full-time? Yep. Yep, more full-time. And I think you'll see that Darakis uh, will play more of a leadership role next year. Okay, because wow. I was okay. thinking maybe he could do like a Brendan Goddard role. Like That's what in, I'm thinking. In the back line. Yep. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's just that, yeah, like his body's not getting any younger. No, and I think it's the perfect spot for him sweeping across the, the back line. So, um, and also too, I want to put in there um, Sammy Draper. I reckon. Yeah, it's Sammy Draper, yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what he can actually do. Yeah, maybe second half of the VFL season or something, you'll get a few senior games and we might see what that kid could do because a lot of people wanted him. Yeah. But I actually would like to see the Richmond footprint taken on board because, let's face it, two premierships in three years and their VFL winning a premiership as well. Yeah, that's well, we've got, yeah, we've got pretty itself, much the heart yeah. of it. So. They, uh, they both, both VFL and AFL have the same game plan. So when in when Richmond do get injuries, 
the boys from the birth hole step up and there's no difference because no, exactly what they're doing. Yeah. they're playing the same game plan. Yeah. Well, Faisal, so, we've, got to, we've got to head off. We've got to grab that next caller. So thank you very right. much for uh, no calling problem, in. Boys. Thank you so much, Faisal, as always. And um, we'll, we'll have to catch up anyway for a drink or something soon too. We definitely will catch up soon. All right, catch up. Thank All you. Right, take it easy. Bye. 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 Great to have uh, Feisty, one of our callers, a good good friend the of o- mine. OG uh, lunchtime catch up podcast supporter in Feisty. So thank you very much, Feisty. But straight away we have Jono on the line. How are you, Jono? Jono, another one of the very listeners. Very good. Now you're one there of our go. fantastic mate. You're one of our patrons, and we very much thank you for that. Uh, we wanted to have a chat to you. Uh, can you tell us kind of your thoughts about the uh, 2020 season? Where, where are you thinking Essendon may go next year and can, and can they improve? Uh, <laughs> I, I hope so. Yeah. Uh, but um, I'm pretty concerned, to be honest. Um, I wasn't happy with the way that we went this year. Yep. Um, and, yeah, it's been – it's just been one of those uh, those absolute – those seasons where it was just – we just haven't been able to – to get it right the whole year, so what get um, what right, Jono? What, yeah. what do you reckon? What what what's what's not getting it right? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's uh, it's it's a lot of combinations of stuff, but yeah, our midfield just they just can't um, put it together, really, can they? Um, no, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, the feisty when we spoke to her just before, just sort of said we're really looking forward, and I I agree, but they're really looking forward to Carousella coming in and actually putting a plan in place or changing the way our mids work because McKenna and Sard and those guys running off a back line and if we get some momentum through the middle, our forward entries from midfields into forwards are just atrocious. And we're wasting Joe when he's actually out on the park and we we find it really hard to, to get that done. And with the names that we have, who are talented footballers, not we're not talking elite other than maybe Zach, um, and... Shearley is pretty close, but those names that we have in our midfield should be much better than they are. So you're right. Feisty was right when she said our back line is fine with all the players in there. That's pretty much sorted. But I agree with you. I hope the 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 midfield can get their act into gear, whatever that is, because it's so important for everything in the forward line as well. Yeah, I don't think I don't think talent's an issue. I think it's more the the work the work. And the effort that they're putting in okay. in terms of def- defensively, I think yep. that we're we're not too bad. It's more um, like obviously we'd like to get that um, the contested ball uh, winning a bit better. But I think in terms of just getting them getting them right, getting the the midfield fierce, um, which they weren't at the start of the year. But, I thought I um, yeah, I thought Terry Wallace made a good point. Um, talking about Essendon, he said that the issue he has with Essendon is that if I'm a player and I'm in, and I'm walking out on the ground looking at all the players around me, I'm not quite sure which player is going to be on today and which one's not. He said, I, my issue with Essendon is just the inconsistency in effort and output. Um, and he said, and, and I wouldn't feel as a player I could rely on my other guys yet to be consistent. Yeah, I think that's oh, absolutely like the the you know the, the best and the and the best and the worst of between each player in terms of uh, is just it's too erratic really, um, yeah. And it's it's not like that you can't rely on that from a especially from a midfield group and and you know that 
I'm, I'm pretty not real happy with the forward line, and <laughs> we'll, let's see what happens next year. But uh, yeah. uh, but also, you know, the, you can't re- really rely on uh, um, the midfield to be um, delivering it to a to a, a good forward line if they if they can't yeah. put it together every week. So I was actually thinking about the forward line today because I, I you know obviously you know I'm pretty. I'm pretty sort of big on social media and, and you and I was kind of looking at the narrative of you know and even I put one out there about what if you know we have no idea but what if the on the situation that these two guys left the club right you know and then I was just you know I was just thinking about Collingwood and, and looking at their forward line and it's not that impressive when you have the Reed and Cox and Stevenson and yeah they're not like you know um uh, what's the other guy from Port Melbourne? Um, starts with M. Um, yeah, well, um, who does he play for? Collingwood. Don't main... know. Don't care. Okay. Um. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, it, it, not, they haven't got a star studded forward line, but it all works because of their the way they move the ball and the way they That's set up and the way correct. they operate. Yeah. Yeah, their yeah, their yeah. game plan dictates how of their efficiency. Um, yeah. and that's that's. That's what I was just thinking about today, going, you know, as much as people will go, oh, my goodness, if we lose these two guys. Uh, I think Essendon's issue is bigger than that. Essendon's issue is how they move the ball, how they set up, how they structure themselves. And and to be blunt, how they professionally put them put themselves out there for 22 weeks a year. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, and that was, that's the other thing. Like, you know, it's, you probably have a pretty, you know, a, a, a pretty average forward line if... Um, if you're able to lock the ball across that half forward um, area and, and keep banging the ball back in, you, you know that's that's all good and well to be able to have a forward line that's you know pretty average, um, and I think that that can probably put you in a position to be you know a pretty decent um, team within finals. But you know, but to be that top echelon, I think you need to be you need to have a at least one or two very good um, marking key. Key forwards, I think. Yeah. Well, you at least um, got to you at least got to at least mark or bring the ball to the ground, don't you? You got to you just. I think with us, you know, when we play the West Coast and Geelongs, it's just we're getting smashed by the yeah. way we're, we're putting the ball into our forward line, and those guys are just reading us so easily that it, it's actually an offensive weapon for them because they're marking the ball and and we've gone too high up the ground and they just turn it they're just running it back the other way in droves yeah. um and it's and it's getting from one end to the other way too easily yeah absolutely and that's a, that's a absolute nightmare for us in terms of you know that you, you as soon as we miss as soon as we kick a point it's straight back down the other end for for a score really so um if we can if you can fix that up that at least puts us in a position where we're a competitive side Every week, I think, um, mm. if they can just fix up that across the across that um, you know the that wall that they were able to build across that um, that half forward yeah um, part. So yeah. Now, mate, next year, who who yeah. do you think are we going to have? Like we've we've because Scotty and I have been talking. We've had uh, Parish, who's taken a bit of a, a next step as a footballer. He's yeah. become more consistent in that. Who do you think next year? Um, might take another step forward as a footy player for us. No, no, definitely. Well, Parish is probably your main man in terms of if they can, if they can actually commit him to be playing as a midfielder, uh, 
all year. I think he's probably he's in his is the right age for it as well. Yeah. Um, to be to be ste- to be able to step up toe to toe with some of the best midfielders now. Mm. Um, and, and he's got and obviously he's got the he's got the talent to do it. His hands are, are unbelievable. Um, and but I think uh, like um, I'm a bit like Scott in terms of uh, uh, my man uh, Francis as well. So uh, he's the other one uh, that year. You just hope that he can just step up oh, another another level. So. There is a mountain of talent there. Like you just you look at him and you go, "Oh, you talented young bloke! Please, please, please step up for us." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I think that's a, that's a, a, an opportunity that we've got to be able to have. Um, like, you know, if you got the likes of uh, you know maybe Fantasia does does leave, at least you've got some some quality. Um, players like Redmond and um, and uh, Francis and yeah, and yeah. McGrath that you've got who are you know just as talented as um, as Raz is really so yeah. um, like even though they they play different parts of the ground there's, there's no shortage of uh, you know guys in their early twenties that are that are just as talented as he is so yeah. Um, yeah. Look, before we go, I'll give you one last question to see how you answer. I'm going to put you on the spot. I like doing this yeah, sort ready, of stuff. You're ready. Yeah, she does this to me all the time. Yeah, keep that. <laughs> do it. All right. Who do you prefer? Grant if you, if or you, Scott? If you had to no, choose... don't say that. If you had to choose one person or possibly two out of these three, who yeah. you're, a match, you're a match selection committee person. You have Brown, Stewart, fully fit, and yeah. McKernan. Pick... Your first player, your second player, and your third player. McCurden, number one, uh, easily. Ooh, okay, <laughs> I, yeah. I, 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 he, like you know, obviously probably let himself down a bit in that that final, uh, but he he wasn't. You know, he had about twenty other other mates as well that did that. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> he wasn't Robinson yeah. Crusoe there, yeah. But his contested marking has been an absolute asset. I, I, he's he's been probably. What is he? Was he number one? Contested mark in the in the comp. I think he ended up being either two or three. That's just unbelievable. Yeah, it really is actually missing like, quite, he, missing if, quite a few games at the start of the year too. Yeah, yeah. So if 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 he's if he's not if we're not relying on him on him to be taking those grabs on the wing, um, and he's actually playing more of a in the uh, the arc area, that that's almost unstoppable, really. Um, yeah. But uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm, I've probably been let down too much by Stewart, to be honest. Um, it, like that that last couple of, I think it was last year. Was it last year? He was playing yeah, VFL. Yeah, before even. And yeah. he just, he just couldn't touch the ball. He couldn't get hold of it. Um, something was going it, on with him, though. Like there was, I think there was a there was an issue or something. Like he either was injured or the club was disciplining him or something like that. Because he's he's a better player than what he showed in the VFL. Yeah. Um, yep. But no, yeah. no, I appreciate yeah, that. I, the tandem of him and Joey Stewart and Joey in seventeen, I thought was actually not too bad. Yeah, I thought it was working alright. Yeah. Kind of worked alright. So it's a bit strange. He just went off the boil. No, you don't know if, yeah. it, if it, you, don't, yeah. you don't know if it was just he had a one good year and yeah, that's who I, he is, or he, or he had exactly right. Or last year was an sort of anomaly. And and I tell you what, if but, Joe yeah. if Joe goes pretty quick, we're going to find out next year if he can play. <laughs> I can assure you that. So uh, yeah, and I think uh, from from a Brown perspective, he's probably. Like, Obviously, he's got you know he's got his flaws and he's got he's got the things that he does well, but his work rate is just like he's number one almost in the team. So yeah. you re- you really can't 
you can't um, dismiss the amount of work he's willing to put in on the on the grounds. Um, and yep. if you can flip, and you know, there's options down back if we need to to flip it around if we need. But I know that the coach is not um, a huge fan of that. But um, you've got the options there of it being to flip him back um, as an option as well, yeah, and, absolutely. and fling someone else forward. So. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much, Jono. Really, really, cool. really appreciate you calling in, man. Uh, we'll have to catch up at a game one time. Absolutely. Sounds good. All right, cool. mate. Thank you very much for being on the show with us. See ya. See ya. Catch you, man. All the best. See ya. So let's go to our next caller. Caller number three. Are you on the line, caller? Yes, I am. <laughs> uh, now this is Brayden, right? Yes, that's correct. Great to hear from your Brayden. We really appreciate you calling in. Uh, we've had some, we've had some fantastic chats already about yeah, it's been great. Essendon's been getting, uh, it's actually good for us to get some perspective on what people are thinking out there and getting a, an alternative range of views. Uh, look, I, as of today, where you, where you kind of seen the club and, and where you're hoping the club can maybe improve in 2020, uh, and taking out the noise of certain two players. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, it's taking out the noise of certain two players. Uh, I'll tell you what, that's creating a bit of anxiety around everybody. You, you think? Yeah. yeah. Um, yes. Um, well, next season, uh, look, like like you said a little while ago, Scott, um, I'm not holding great um, optimism about next season at the moment. Um, that's interesting. That's, that's uh, the think, last couple yeah. of callers have said the same thing. Yeah, well, it's, uh, for, for once, I'm actually um, not holding the excitement that I that I was the last two seasons. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah, yeah it's uh, like it, the season just gone. I was hoping that we'd finish about sort of fifth or sixth. Me too, me too. Um, but uh, honestly, we, uh, we limped into the finals. And then as expected, or I, I didn't want to expect it, but I kind of did. I thought that um, we make it to finals, and I think we're going to get we're going to get thumped, and we did. And, and um, look, let's be honest, we're all yeah. a little we're all a little bit getting over getting used to it too. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's kind of becoming very predictable now. So yeah. where where do you where do you reckon the major problems were, Braden? Oh well, it, um, okay. I think towards the. I think towards the back end of the year, it didn't help our um, help our um, back line with um, Hurley being out for a while. Yeah. And then um, and Hooksy's I think back, also yeah. Our, yeah, our, our forward line that was very makeshift, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was uh, a that was that was incredibly frustrating. Uh, I think um, I, I think our, our defense was, I think has been the best um was the, was the best all season. Yep, yeah. Um, but even towards the back end, that really started to hurt when Hurley was out. Hooksy was running on half a leg. Yeah, well, definitely. And then obviously, you know, um, in that in that elimination final, he obviously he re- oh, he was obviously so committed. He so badly wanted to play. He he, he played so obviously his arm clearly wasn't right or shoulder wasn't. Yeah. Um, no, well, you you had a final basically where Hooksy could move. Hurley couldn't raise, yeah. Hurley couldn't raise his arm. Fantasia couldn't turn a circle. Hook, yeah, <laughs> Heppel it's... couldn't run on one. <laughs> yeah, it was it was, you know, in hindsight, we had every it was every sort of likelihood we were going to get absolutely towered by the reigning premiers uh, at home. Yeah, well, I think that West Coast weren't going to make the same mistake they did against Hawthorne. 
No, no. absolutely not. Now, mate, is there, from a fan's point of view, and that's what I'm talking about you, right? Like, from a fan's point of view, is there an argument that the club could use, now, not 100% use, but as a fraction of a reason why we performed like the way we did this year, could Wusha come out in a press conference and say, look, we got pumped in that final because... Hurley couldn't lift his arm. Hooker was running on half a leg. Fantasia couldn't turn, had a wider turning circle than the QE2. Um, we had Dyson wasn't 100%. We had this and we had that and we had that. Is, as a fan, do you are you okay to hear that from the club? What I want to hear from the club is really, you know, not, um, not be all cliche about, you know, oh, we can take many, many learnings out of this loss and, you know, move yeah, on and... Yeah. Oh, and so I, I got over here, and especially um, was just saying that time and time again. Um, now, you, so, you, in some yeah. ways, you know, as a fan, we'd rather hear him go about injuries and everything. You know, just, you know what? This year sucked. Yeah, we, <laughs> we, we could not. I'd rather hear a coach just say, you know what? We had a certain plan that we wanted to implement. We could not get any continuity. We had to play basically 40 players over the course of the season. Tom Jock got a game. Braden <laughs> Ham got a game. Like, like I'd rather I'd rather coach just say, this is how it is, you know. I'm trying to develop this system, but the reality is I couldn't do it to the level I wanted to because we just could not get the most... Uh, we had a month... We had a month of basically weekly having six changes yeah. every, every... So... Yeah, yeah. Well, no, no continuity in the team. Yeah, and uh, I've, actually, it's an interesting thing. I've just just thought of just this very moment. Mm. Now, compared to Essendon, how how many other teams had as many debutants as us through the season? Uh, look, good question. I would say we would have to be well and truly up there. Like the I when Braden Ham got a game, I I just I didn't agree with it. Like the kid had played half a dozen VFL games. <laughs> And he weighs forty eight kilos, ringing wet, and <laughs> like he's he. I, I didn't think he deserved a game. He, he actually he, played not too bad, but he didn't play too bad. I'll give him that. And then I look. I was I'm a convert towards the end of the year, but I, I reckon you're right in what you're saying. And and Scotty's point as well is that we regularly had six players or five players or even four players coming out and coming in every single week. Now what that does, it doesn't do anything for your continuity. It, it's it must be hard looking up and seeing different faces every week and not knowing which direction they like to run. Exactly. And then you've got to show, okay, this new player, okay, this is how we do it. You know, you've got to continually, you know, with the every new player that comes in, you've got to continually show them how, you know, to show them how the game plan is going to go. Yeah. And it's, you know, you're not going to learn it in one week. And when, they, when you give them one game and then drop them again. Yeah. yeah just, it's never going to work. But yeah. Wouldn't it be nice? Yeah. Sorry, wouldn't it be nice just to to get to that situation again, like, and I think back to the year that when Lloydy played, his, like, his first game, wouldn't it be nice to get to a situation where you've got a a set 22 that plays pretty much every week? Um, if there's a major injury, there's a major injury, but a set 22 that pretty much plays every week, and then you've got this good kid that's running around in the VFL and he's getting every possession in the world, and you just, you tailor make an entrance for him. Maybe it's against well, Gold Coast or something yeah. like that, but we we haven't been able to manage Bradenham's entry into the club or Tom Jock's entry because we've just got so many injuries that we've had to play Bradenham and we've had to play these guys when maybe they weren't ready. Well, when you say that, you think about Richmond. They had sort of one or you know a couple sort of major injuries for the season, 
and you know the, they bought um, that Marley and Pickett in for the grand final. He absolutely shone on grand final day. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And that's because it was <laughs> yeah, managed. Absolutely you know? yeah. That's the thing. It was managed. I'd, I'd love to see us not have to have, make six, five, four changes every single week and just say, not the same players are playing again next week. Oh, and by the way, there's this Braden Hand kid that's getting 25 touches every week in the VFL. We're going to put him in the, on a forward flank against uh, Gold Coast so he doesn't get hammered um, and just manage our ins like that. But... Like I said, I bet you if you put Woosher on the other end of this line and said, mate, what did you do? And he'd go, well, you try and win games with that many um, people out. But that's yeah, it's not really an excuse. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I think that um, now with a, with a rut and with this succession plan now, um, with, uh, with, with you guys think, do you guys think that, um, that uh, Rutten will pretty much be... Yeah, it'll obviously training real training wheels next season, um, and he'll pretty much you know sort of take the reins and Wusher will just guide him along until Wusher and, and then until Wusher does leave the season after. Yeah, I think I think yeah. it'll be a Rutten Carousello show to be honest, uh, as far as setting up a system and structure. And I think when they are unsure or just need some guidance, then Wusher will be that kind of person. Well, he'll step in and say yeah. something. Yeah. He'll be there to dot the I's and cross the T's. And, it, and maybe communication to a player who's 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 done something or, or not performing. or uh, But Wusher will still have some control. I've no doubt about that. He's still the senior coach. But yeah. as far as a system, like when we're talking about the Richmond kind of system that we want, I think a rutten carousel. Oh, geez, that was... So seeing, seeing what Richmond did on grand final, what they did through the finals, tell you what, so very jealous of what they're able to do at the moment. Um, yeah, geez, that that success, I think all, all of us as supporters, we're just we're just craving that success. Just, yeah, mate, uh, we've we've just pinched two two blokes, two of the blokes that are responsible for it. So <laughs> hopefully yeah. they can yeah, do well, something with our talent. Yeah, right. No, Rutten's I'd already identified that we need to uh, change the game plan, yeah. hadn't he? Interesting and look, that. and, and the, the the key factor is that, uh, and even Neil Baum was sort of saying it today. You can put you can have that system set up all you like, but you need a list of forty five guys that says we're all going to buy into it. Yeah. And if that doesn't happen, and this is where Essendon is at for me, this is the critical part. I think Carousella and Rutten would know how to put a system together, but our leaders. And that's, I know that's a funny question today. Uh, our, yep. our leaders and and that message filtering down, everyone has to be have a buy-in to this, to this because if anyone wants to just be selfish or just want to get their own stats or anything like that, then it all breaks down. So I, I think I'm hoping Rutten has a very strong manner about him as far as that aspect and saying... If this team is not selfless and not going to work each other and value each other's role to be elite, then everything I say to you means nothing. Yeah, well, it's, it right and seems like he's got that vibe about him where he's, you know, he when, he's, when he comes in, he's going to want to have everybody buy in. And, like, right through the season, um, had players constantly saying, oh, he's got to buy into the... Everyone's got to buy into the game plan for success to be maintained. Well... Um, I think that uh, that uh, line was uh, falling on deaf ears, really, because yeah. I don't think that anybody I, I, I would have only been very few players buying into it. 
Yeah. Well, Braden, uh, thank you so much. I just realised the time. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we've got another caller coming through. So that's a compliment to you. You're very easy to talk to, mate. Fantastic work. <laughs> uh, really, really appreciate you calling to the show. And um, thanks for having me on the show, guys. Yeah. Thanks very much, mate. Alright, mate. Have a good night. You, you too. too bye. 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 And thank you so much to Braden for the cool chat. Yeah. Uh, we've got another caller on the line. We'll just keep on coming. Carlos, how are, are you? Are you there, caller? Yeah, g'day. G'day, Grant. G'day, Scotty. How's it going? Not too bad. Really uh, excited to talk to you, mate. Um, now, obviously, another one of our Patreons. So, we again, thank you very much. Yes, thanks, mate. That's all right. Now, as an Essendon fan, tell me where you're at today. So, as, there's obviously a lot going on with the club. Um, you've just we've just wrapped up the season with the Crichton. How? What are your thoughts on Essendon two thousand and nineteen and and possibly Essendon two thousand twenty? That's a big like yeah. big open ended statement for. <laughs> yeah. Um, look, I, I think um, look two thousand nineteen. Um, you know, it was great to get into the finals. Um, you know, I thought. I thought, you know, there was a string of seven or eight consecutive wins or, or close losses and a number of wins. Um, I think in hindsight, maybe some of those close losses um, during that period may have hidden some of our, I guess, our underlying weaknesses. Yep. And yeah. so, you know, as a result, when it came to the crunch, we were really severely exposed. And I think if I reflect on all the number of podcasts that, you know, I think both Grant and Scotty, you were, Reflecting over the last, you know, you know, the last, especially the last four to six weeks, um, it's a very consistent view that I think, you know, our, our structures were very poor. And I think, um, you know, whilst I think we had a number of good close win, it really masked, I think, the um, some of the underlying issues we have with our team. Um, I guess there were some, probably some positives for me. Um, Sardi's, you know, has been a sensational recruit. Gun. It's not yep. often you go, you know, it's not often you kind of, you know, get a mercenary come in and, and done as well as he has. Yep. And um, I think I think Conor McKenna um, has really stepped up as well this year. Fourth, um, yeah, fourth in the Crichton was a big deal, eh? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, um, you know, some really good positives. Um, you know, I've had my own previous views around McGrath, um, you know, whether we went, whether we, you know, whether we did right or wrong with, um, you know, with the, some of the other picks that could have happened, but, you know, I thought I thought the final that he played against West Coast um, probably gave me a bit of a glimmer of hope that maybe we haven't made the wrong decision after all. But uh, you know, just, here's someone just I out of interest, Carlos, yeah. who who would you have picked? Uh, I think look, uh, Paul McLuggage. Okay. Um, I watched uh, a little bit of his under 18s, um, and he was he was your classical wingman who kicks goals. Um, you know, McGraw was a great halfback flanker, um, uh, great off the traffic. Um, great insight from the traffic, a lot of speed um, yeah. off packs. But, you know, you wonder, you know, with those kind of attributes, whether you're just a, in some ways, you know, a man in a in a boys game in the under 18s level. Um, but, you know, um, I think um, McGrath has developed some of his um, his game analysis over the last two years and certainly, you know, um, spending much more time in the midfield this year has shown, I think, shown glimpses. Oh, his, there's a, there's a player potential. there. There's a player there. Absolutely. So I think it's someone like McGrath, someone we can really look forward to next year with another big preseason focusing on his midfield work. Um, what, did you you think of, what did you think of Parrish's second half of the year? 
Um, look, I think if you look at purely stats, his his statistics will suggest you that well, he he hasn't really, you know, hasn't hasn't got more disposals or all that kind of stuff between the first half and the second here half. But what was really clear to me was the efficiency and the effectiveness of his disposals in his second half. Um, you know, some of the plays that he had, his hands were just so clean um, in pressure situations. So I thought, yeah. you know, whilst you could look at stats and say, well, he hasn't done that much better, I thought he was um, his um, his improvement, his um, uh, just his cleanliness and his and his calmness under pressure. His impact was... on games, I felt, was more in yeah. the second half. Oh, and I remember one game. I can't remember which game it was when he he went full tilt at the ball and then dished the handball off to uh, to one of our um, guys on the run. I think it was McGrath, and he, and he did a snap and, and kicked the goal. Maybe it was in um, in LA. I think I can't remember, but um, you know, I thought that was um, that was a sign for me that says you know there's no more mucking around with Parrish playing half wall flank or full pocket. He's yeah, a, he's a, a genuine inside mid that we need. Yep. Right. Yep. So a few more kegs, a few more. Yeah, a few, few more peaches in KFC in the off season probably would help. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I, can, I can help him with that. Wear guns at that. <laughs> so uh, yeah, look. So I think mean, well, 2019 for me is a bit of a mixed emotion. I think uh, we we had a great run. Uh, I think we we're riding on the crest of that wave, and then reality hit at the end. Um, I thought you know with the new coaching or the not new coaching, but the um, the appointments of uh, Rutten as a coach. Yeah, initially it was a bit of a uh, oh my god, you know we are. You know, we are we are trying to cover off a play from Adelaide. Yeah. Um, are, are we trying to, you know, we're trying to, I guess, um, you know, we'll talk about, you know, the, the famous Damien Hart with PowerPoints and all those kind of things. And I was thinking, gee, is this another one of those spur the moment decision that we panic and we have to we have to press on on Rutten? But you know, um, look, in hindsight, when I had a bit more time to reflect on it, I think if if him and Wilshire can really be clear on who's accountable for what and who's responsible for what and start implementing the game plan that, you know, we can clearly see from Richmond. Um, obviously, Richmond's style, but suit, suit our type of players. Yeah. If we can start implementing a bit more structure the way we play, I think um, oh, not a bad outcome. So, yeah, probably from a couple of weeks back when the season finished and then when Rudden was appointed, the moments where I thought, oh, gee, a bit, bit tricky here. I got over that. Um, but then I thought, um, you know, the last week and a half with, with Raz and, and Joe Danaher, um, yeah, that 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 shook me pretty pretty hard, I think. Yeah. Um, and um, it's not because you know they're gun plays for us or they're or they're you know especially that Danaher is a famous name at the club. It's I'm kind of think of the recruitment that we've made over the last two or three years. Mm-hmm. You know, all the SS, um, and you kind of look at the demographic of our list. And it's kind of you're looking at next three, you know, two to three years is where our window, our window is to have a real, real crack at the Premiership. Yeah, I agree. If I kind of look at the the really good teams out there, you know, they're they're either really good midfield, um, or they have serviceable midfield, or and a gun forward line, um, and obviously a strong defensive play is, is key. Um, I think the, the issue for, for me, if, if we lose both um, Raz and, and Joe Danaher, I think the issue that we may have as a list is that you know our, our midfield is I think it's okay. It's not, clearly, it's not not a uh, not not the best in the league as yet. It's an okay midfield. Yeah. I think our defence is very strong, but we are dependent on two aging stars. 
yep. in mm. Hooker and Hooker and Hurley. And you would argue a fully fit Danaher and Raz and, you know, Tipper um, with Smith coming back, um, you would say, you know, whilst we may not be the best midfield in the comp and we have a fairly good defensive unit, our, our fault line would make a difference for us, right? Because yep. it's just then creating enough opportunities and they'll wave the magic and do their stuff. But, you know, if, the, if all the rooms are, you know, if Joe and, and Raz are leaving, then that, you know, it, it's hard to replace. Even if the talk yeah. of getting five and nine and, you know, whatever we're going to get for uh, yeah. Asia, they're hard to replace, right? It's hard to know also, yeah. I mean, it's a very hard one to talk about because it's, it's all assumptions, isn't it? Because you go, you know, you kind of, we're all, I think we're all having this gut feeling like they're going, but we actually still don't know. So, and then we don't know what the scenario is on the other side. Uh, we don't know, do we further trade on and get suddenly a really big player coming in that actually settles the side a bit more Jeffrey than we Cameron thought? or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just to just drop some names. Um, but so it's very hard to actually understand Essendon 2020. I think we'll understand this in 2020 in about two and a half weeks <laughs> and, about, and to, to fully get a grasp of what the list is. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's just the vibe, right? The, yeah. there, there, are, there are concerns. I mean, look, I'm, I, I'm not a Patrick Ryder fan. I think you, you ask every, every, every tennis and supporters, five will probably, you know, will probably um, yeah, just not, not, not an acknowledgement. Not <laughs> a massive fan of, myself, but yeah. No. And you know, so you got to take take what he says with a grain of salt, right? Um, yeah, that, the, but that even... feeling that he got when he walked into Essendon is called yeah. guilt. Like that's yeah. that, that guilt for screwing the club over and saying, "Pardon my French," sh one t that wasn't true. So that that feeling, Paddy, isn't uncomfortableness, mate. It's called guilt. Yeah, but you know, I mean, you, you can't believe in everything that you read. Yeah, but you know, even what he says coming in, he didn't he didn't, didn't get the vibe. Whether it's it's guilt or whether it's it's just where the club's at. Um, you know, I, I think, um, I mean, even if we get away with this trade period, uh, hypothetically, even if we don't lose either Raz or Joe. Um, you don't feel there, you don't feel that everything's fixed. You yet. don't feel there. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, Scotty and Grant, I mean, I just kind of reflect on the last, let's say two or three seasons when this time after the last two or three seasons, and you're going in with optimism because you're talking about, right, our list is are growing, they're, they're getting better, and then there's all these rumours of get, us getting gun plays and it came into fruition, right? And and you go into the last two or three pre-seasons and you think, right, this is, um, you know, we, we are building a very strong list here that um, may not be able to challenge but certainly going to be very competitive. Um, this time round, we, we, we don't feel as though we're competitive and... Um, there's a lot of disruption with with the uh, with with the list, and I just think, um, look, look, I think Wusher and Rutten and Carousella and Kelly and all the all, all these all the um, support staff at, at Tulla, I mean, they've got a lot of work. A lot of work. What oh, happens? Huge. Whatever happens to the list, there's a lot of work to kind of build bridges and and just build, I think, build some love back into the club. I think build some love. I like yeah. it. You got to build the love. Now, a quick wrap up for you. Um, we've only got a little bit of time left. What yep. player are you looking forward to stepping up next year? Oh, look, I think uh, I think if 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 I think that we're we're we, I think the missing ingredient for us um, to become a, a top four team is still a strong midfield. 
Yeah. Um, clearly, you're not going to be able to, unless you get an Ollie Wines off a, off a, off a swap or something, you're, you're not going to be able to rely on draft picks to get that instant impact. So yeah. I'm looking for Parrish and McGrath. Okay. No, I like those two. Parrish and McGrath. I think um, we've seen enough of Parrish where I think he's now rebuilt some of the confidence um, with consistent game time. And, you know, I just think that the coaches just need to trust him that he can do the job for us. Brilliant. Without, you know, without being the second stringer. I think McGrath gives us that burst off the packs. Um, yeah. You know, Heppel, great. And Mize was good for a while. You know, I mean, we know we throw Stringer in at the, you know, when you really need some grunt. But um, McGrath will, will make a huge difference with that explosive yeah. extraction of the ball. All right, cool. Well, mate, unfortunately, we've got to wrap it up. Um, we've got one right. last caller coming through. Thanks very much for calling in tonight. We really appreciate it. All right. Thanks, guys. Great program. And uh, looking forward to uh, to more podcasts coming up. Great. Thanks, Thanks mate. mate. Thanks, Carlos. See ya. Bye-bye. See ya. And thank you to Carlos for calling in. Look, we're not going to muck around. We're going to get straight into it. Our last caller for the night, Mr. Derek. How are you, Derek? Yeah, I'm good, fellas. Yourselves? Not too bad. Now, can you just tell us about your thoughts about Essendon 2020? Uh, Essendon 2019 as well. Where you, where's your mind at? All right. Well, I'll start with 19 because it's lower. Um, yeah. <laughs> look, in general, my feelings about 2019 are pretty much the same as they've been about, I reckon, every year since about 2003. Okay. <laughs> so there's a lot of consistency in the callers tonight, Derek. I'll give you the hot tip. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no doubt. Um, so, I mean, if we're talking consistently, then... Yeah, our team has been consistently inconsistent for that entire journey. Yeah. Uh, I just, I feel like I have the same conversation with my football watching friends after every single game. There's inconsistent effort, insufficient care for the recipient at the disposal, like all those hospital handballs and kicks on top of people's heads. They don't put it to their teammates' advantage. Um, and all these bomb kicks out of the, out of the back line and into the forward line. It's oh. just... <laughs> I, am I am I wrong? Am I wrong in remembering that stuff has been happening for the last fifteen years? I don't I don't understand. Well, no, no. We, I mean, it's, it's kind of a running joke that the the Alwyn Davy joke is now the the Waller joke, it's isn't true, yeah. it? That we're we're kicking it to small guys' heads as if they're John Coleman. Yeah, like he he runs all that way to make an option, and then someone kicks it straight to him, and he's got two blokes there, and he never gets near it. It's just, yeah. Now and you're right, and so that's often. The, but so often every week, man. That's the thing. Like it's the, the the disappointing part for me, and I think I think the club really now realizes that obviously with Rutten and and making announcements and stuff that as much as John's tried hard and he's he's done an okay job, I just don't think his game plan is working now. Is that's that simple, right? And I think to get Carousel over would have cost a pretty penny. Um, and they've they've identified the midfield into the forward line um, kicks as a problem, and that's going to be Carousel's job. So, dude, we're absolutely with you on that one. Yeah, I guess I, I suppose I, I think about the fact that these problems have been pretty much there for so long. Like they transcend coaches, players, administrations, game plans, drug scandals, you name it, and it's still it's still the same. Like this. Yep. This appears to be Essendon's brand of football. Do you know the? <laughs> I was just thinking today. The only time I thought in the last sort of say fifteen years was strangely the two thousand thirteen season, where I thought that there was a buy-in from every player as far as commitment, doing what it needs to win. 
um, and having passion uh, and, and mentally ready for most games. And, and there's obviously a lot of factors around that. But if you go back to that list, the 2013 list, it's not that great. Outside of Job, it, it wasn't a, a fantastic list at all. And yet we were, you know, what was it, round 18, 19, we are pushing for top spot against Hawthorne. Uh, that was about the only time I thought where what I would say the the team had a selfless buy-in kind of approach that I'd been hoping for if you're looking at a Richmond kind of setup. Well, yeah, look, that that might be the case. I must must admit my sort of recollection of individual seasons is not great. I tend to just move on. Yeah, you'll make both, yep. But um, if I was was looking for examples where I thought maybe the team had turned a corner, um, like the last the last seven or eight rounds of last year looked pretty good. True. Uh, I think I think that was why we were all feeling so positive about the start of this year and why we're also just ridiculously disappointed by the bullcrap that those guys served up in the JLT in the first three rounds of the season. Yeah, that was that was key now that you look back at it. That was that wasn't good. Like that that that's yeah. just, I mean, you you said it before, Grant, but that is just unforgivable. Yeah. How do you, how you how you come out of a, a preseason playing like that? It's just insane. Um, I think at one point, at one point, one of the coaches said something about maybe they had too good of a preseason and were just feeling too confident, and that it would just happen for them um, without having to actually put in the effort. Which I thought was an interesting comment. I, I might have imagined that. If someone yeah, else, if, yeah. if someone else remembers that, yeah, please let call me know. Yeah, call, call into the show. No, don't do that. Um, no, 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 just let us know on Facebook and stuff if uh, Derek totally made that statement up. But um, no, I'm like with you. But... In a, in a post game press conference or something, mate. If, I don't know. if that was the case, then you'd be looking square at the coaches, going, "Mate, that is your job." In probably line three of your contract is to let make the boys not get ahead of themselves. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you would have so. yeah, I'm with you. But so, what do we what do we think for 2020? Like we've got some of the other calls have said we've got an okay backline. We've got well better than okay backline. We've got an okay mid, and the forwards are makeshift at best. What what do you reckon? Um, look, it's hard to disagree with that. Um, the the backline I think showed in, in quite a few games that when they had their um, a bit of consistency down there, they like they were actually playing pretty well. And when you consider how little assistance they were getting from the forwards in terms of um, stopping the ball, just continually just bowing back in, um, they held up pretty bloody well from time to time. Yep. Um, I'm, a, I'm a little bit concerned about Hooker, given the way he finished the season off. Yep. Um, and Hurl's shoulders, probably an issue as well. I um, think... Yeah, I'm my, a little, uh, my... Sorry, I was just going to say, I'm a little bit... With Hooker, I'm, I'm actually more concerned about his closing speed. Uh, just well, it's with, never been great. Yeah, but it felt like it just went to a new level. But that could be his back. Um, but well, back injuries are pretty debilitating. Yeah, I mean, look what it did to Buddy Franklin. He he, was... he easily could play forward line next year. Oh, that's how that's if if things go wry the next two weeks, uh, I honestly hmm. find he might be better served at least. Um, leading up to the ball rather than having to have a clever, a faster close distance speed. In you, know the back that, you know what that means if that's the case? Maggie Thatcher gets a game. And he is my man. <laughs> he is my man, that. The, the Maggie Thatch. Look, I'll tell go you. The he'd go the Zerk. I'd be a massive fan of that idea. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. So 2020, how do you see us improving? What do we need to do? Um, well, it's, 
it's very hard to say. I think I mean, there's a couple of areas that they probably need to address to like build into that. So, like I, I got sick of hearing I got sick of hearing John Worsfold give players excuses for playing poorly by saying they were carrying injuries. Like you just you shouldn't do that as a coach. Like it's one thing to give him a hug inside the club and say, "Look, I know you're hurt, but bad luck." But when in your press conferences, you shouldn't give him you shouldn't give him um, shouldn't give him excuses. And, and to me, it kind of, it feeds into this like professionalism kind of field that, you know, we've, we've, we've talked about in the past. Yeah. Um, as Essendon supporters, like the professionalism, the club, of the club as a whole, you know, so like the way they've dealt with, the way they've dealt with Joe's injury, right? I mean, somehow Hawthorne gets known as the club that you just go to if you're hurt, right? Why, why can't we have, Medicos that are that well renowned, you know, within the organisation. Yeah, there you, you go. Know, I mean, I got nothing particularly against Justin Crowe, but he was just a guy left over when everyone else left. You know, that that doesn't that doesn't seem to me like a club that is going out there trying to find the absolute best in the business. It's a club that's going well. That's what's left. We'll just take that. You know, I mean, he might be great, but I'm not seeing the evidence. You know, no, and um, look, which is why he's not there anymore. And, and even for me, and you, yeah. you obviously, you, you listen to our podcast. I still, I still to this day, and, and people have talked to me about it, um, will never understand how Fantasia played that last 10 games. I, I just well, I, I just don't get I'm, it. Yeah, I don't understand why they played Joey at the start of last year when they knew he was injured. Yeah. I don't know why they played him at the start of this year. I don't know why they played Devin Smith for the first couple of weeks because you could tell he was injured. Yeah. Like, why do you why do you keep picking players who are just not up? You know, it it, it doesn't make any sense to me. The Devin and Smith, this, yeah, the Devin Smith one's interesting, isn't it? Because he clearly came in with a sore knee and it just got worse. And you go, well, yeah. well that was all a big was waste a, of time. He was a shadow of the player he was last year, right from the beginning. It didn't it didn't help anyone having him out there. Like that that ferocious tackling and chasing that he was doing last year, there was none of that. He was he was basically absent. And see, and this all this all this sort of stuff just feeds into what I look at generally as a, just an acceptance of mediocrity. You know, like in some ways, and I hate to say this, but in some ways, McDonald Tip and Woody is almost emblematic of the club's acceptance of inconsistent performances. You know, like we love him, right? We absolutely love him because when he's on, he's electrifying, unstoppable. And puts the crowd just in a mood, right? Yep, but yep. he can just as easily go completely missing. And bearing in mind that judging defence to forward games from the sidelines is very difficult for a lay person like myself. Mm-hmm. Knowing knowing whether he's doing what he's supposed to be doing or not, I don't know. It, it's complete mystery to me. But I don't understand how he can have games where he barely touches the ball, right? And and somehow, and I mean for obvious reasons. He is, or well, he was, potentially a very a highly sought-after player at contract negotiations. Other clubs might have been coming after him, offering some extra cash. And he's stuck with us, which is great. But, like, he's a very frustrating player. No, <laughs> yeah. I agree. And it's, but, it's, and it's, but like you said, though, it's not Robertson Crusoe, is he? It's just... just... That's, well, no. that, that's 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 a representation yes. of you yeah. Know, so I don't. If you if you said I'm, uh, I'm hey, not picking on Waller. Yeah, if you said hey, describe Sean McKernan, you would actually exactly say the exact same thing, wouldn't you? When he's on, yes. there's nothing better. But when he's off, 
he completely disappears. He's, and that, that's yeah. that you could go through a number of guys. Uh, and I'm finding, this is me personally, I'm finding the younger guys coming through as the year went on to be ones who I relied on. And, and it was just odd that the, the final, uh, I'm seeing McGrath, Francis, guys <laughs> like like Ham being the, being the ones stepping up. Uh, like, sure. And I'm going, well, at least that's something because at the moment uh, it, I'm relying on probably Saad, Redmond, McGrath, Ambrose. Parrish, Ambrose, um, uh, as for my consistency. But there's some big names who I'm not overly confident on every week to produce. Yeah. Look, I, I've I've long held an opinion that I, I feel like the club's going to struggle until they're completely rid of all the players who were affected by the drug scandal. Because I I just I I get this sense that. They, they just don't feel they can push them as hard as they need to because there's this sense that you know we wronged these guys somehow and and we can't we can't force them to do what has to be done you know now, now then, maybe maybe that changes when Rutten takes over as head coach maybe he doesn't have those kind of the back history yeah. yeah yeah but I just I don't know man I, I look at I look at Zarakis for example you know like our most experienced player who had what two or three decent games this year, but it was otherwise, I thought, pretty bloody ordinary. Um, Did anyway, so sorry. To, to try to look forward and try to be a bit positive about something for a change, um, <laughs> I would say that, um, like the guys you mentioned, so like I'm looking forward to seeing Draper get back from his knee yep. and um, and maybe start playing some ones. Um, you know, I've I've said on numerous occasions, numerous people, I think Aaron Francis could be absolutely anything. Once once he, if he gets a hundred games into him and his confidence is up, then he could be flying and he could be talked about in the same sense as players like Dustin Martin and Patrick Dangerfield. Massive like call, just, he's, he's, I like it. He's he's got all those attributes. Watching him play in the twos, like he was just a class above. Watching him run through tackles and shake people off, and the way he reads the ball, the way he attacks the ball the way he hits players i just i absolutely love watching him play and i i hope that he can keep it together and just keep going yeah yeah he could he could be anything um i like what we're seeing from parish in the second half of the year he's starting to look like his draft pick number um mcgrath yeah. obvious class um you know he'll 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 do well he'll be fine, um, yep. i'm loving the look of redmond like Finally got his body right and playing some games, which is fantastic. Can I can, um, I can I mention one that I'm secretly excited about? And he's I'm probably going a year too early, but I must admit I'm kind of excited to see what Mosquito can do next year. You reckon he'll play ones next year? I I think he'll be they'll be tempted. I mean, if if a certain player leaves this week. Oh, and then the following week, then yes, I do think he could easily play. A small electrifying forward, yeah. Um, because I, I think that's half the reason they, they played Fantasia 10 games straight, because they just literally had no one outside of uh, Bagley, who, I, who that's personally me, who I would have played the last 10 games, because I thought he his output would have been more. But um, outside of that, it's not an area we have many strengths on. Now, he's better, he's very raw and young, but... I'm just. It'll be interesting to see after a, a full preseason where this kid's at. Yeah, well, I'm. I'll be looking forward to watching him play because, I mean, he's you know as you say raw and 
I'm very inconsistent at this point in the twos. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. But, you know, there's all sorts of possibilities there. He looks, he certainly looks good uh, when he's got the ball. And, man, well, I think, I think Maggie Thatcher's not that far away myself either. I think he's raked thin, um, but he throws himself at packs like um, uh, that he probably shouldn't with the size that he has. And Yeah, I love uh, watching him play, man. Yeah, Harves has said that he, he's uh, uh, got a touch of the Glen Archers about him in that, he just he throws himself at things and just doesn't think about it, and he's going to hurt yeah. himself one day because he just throws himself at packs. And uh, I don't mind that. So there's there are positives. There are positives oh, look, out there. There's, there's stuff there. I just I just feel like there's too many. Um, I don't want to use the word passengers. Just too many guys in the ones who. I don't know. Aren't I I sense I sense in your voice that it's you're 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 requiring a cultural shift rather than a playing list. Worry, yes. and concern that that yeah, I'm, that the, cat, I'm, I'm the cattle may be there, but the mindset and the culture set um, is where is why we're eighth and why we're not fourth. Yes, <laughs> that, that 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 is my strong belief because we've we've seen we've seen the bulk of this list play really well from time to time, right? Yeah, eight in a row, now, even. It, it helps. It helps if the opposition doesn't doesn't put too, doesn't put too much pressure on us, but. I mean, I, I look at the second half of the Anzac Day game. Like, that was probably the best half of football we played all year. Yep. And still lost because we left too much to do. But I, I loved I loved what we saw in that game because it showed that they had the capacity to fight it out rather than just keep trying the same old thing. Something yeah, okay. happened at halftime in that game and they were able to try alternative approaches to getting the ball into the forward line. Yeah, that they hadn't previously used, you know? yeah. And that I, I was, I was feeling really good after that game, and then it all came crashing down. Do you know? The, <laughs> do you know? Weirdly, the game I was m- most excited about was, and this there's a reason for this. Is actually the the win in Frio, uh, and, and it wasn't so much the win though. It was very good. It was the way that we thought through as a club professionally the game. Uh, it was. When the game lined up and I saw um, Ambrose on the Brownlow medalist and and, and just to, just like, oh, this is completely new. And there was all switches all over the ground. You know, it was like, a, I was like, we've actually thought through this and planned through this and tried something different. And it really worked well. Like it was, it was almost like we outcoached Lyme strategically. And it was like, if the nerd in me loved that game. <laughs> just the way we approached it, the way we played it, um, and it, none of us, nothing was conservative about it. It was we, and we had to win. It was that game that we, everyone knew we had to win to make the final. This game, and it was like the first time I always felt like the coaches went, "All right, we're going to try something." <laughs> like it's like now, I wish you could do that <laughs> more, but yeah. but yeah. It, it put them in a corner where, like. To almost to save everyone's skin, we had to try something. We have to win this game. How are we seriously going to do it? And it's not bombing the ball under Waller's head. Yes. No, I'll, I'll give him some credit for that win. This is the thing. So I, I look at it, I look at the matches in terms of whether I, I, I call them creditable wins. So it was it a win that showed that there was, or was it even a game that showed that they had some capacity to think through the problems on the field rather than just keep doing the same thing they've been doing the whole time. And when I, when I look at the season from that, from that perspective, 
I, I only really see two or three creditable games. You know, yeah. games you come away from going, yeah, look, that was pretty good. So, like, round four against Brisbane, like, they, they weren't really flying at that point. But we kicked the shit out of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that was that was a good win against the side that went on to you know play pretty well. Yeah. Um, the game against North in round five. Yep. Again, good. I mean, North were just atrocious, but you get a ten goal win against a team that's not playing well. That, that a bit of ruthlessness, bit of you yeah. know, bit and, of that. And it was, it was Easter Friday. It was a big occasion game too. The whole the whole country was watching. Yeah. Um, and so- then. Then we come out in the first half against the Pies the week after, and we go. Just well, as, serve that up, yeah. Yeah, you know, regular scheduled program has resumed. You know, <laughs> and right. then from, Sorry, go from that it. point onwards, like that Frio game is pretty much the only one that I I can pull out as being a good win. Everything else, like I know there was a five game winning streak there, but look, apart from that, apart from the win against Adelaide, who weren't playing all that well at the time, I I don't really see much there to get excited about. I thought you guys were way too positive after this <laughs> five wing. We get we get we are, we get told off that a lot. Yeah, we do actually. <laughs> but saying that on the other side, I get told off for being too negative. So I, I, I just think I, you know what? I always tell Grant, you know what? I just got to speak my mind and not worry about this because I, absolutely because that's all. Well, I can, I, and it's too I, depressing I, to think that we're no good. <laughs> well, yeah, there is that. Well, you get you just do what you do, fellas. I think it's worth yeah. people listen. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for calling in, Derek. We so much appreciate it and so much uh, appreciate you also being a Patreon. Um, can't say for all the other Patreons as well, we, we really appreciate it. Uh, and uh, it was good to catch up the other day. We actually caught up with Derek just by chance, basically, at, yeah. the, at the VFL final. So um, it was great to yeah, catch I'd, up and have a chat. I'd, I'd wandered into the ground um, and I, I've developed this. I've developed, developed this habit when I go to um, those little suburban grounds of just like walking around the ground before the game starts. And um, I started my walk, and I heard a voice, and I went, "Hmm, that sounds familiar." And uh, yeah, <laughs> there I am, sort of giving some, I don't know, just personal commentary, sort of BT style on the game, and I'm uh, just chatting away to myself, and all of a sudden, yeah, you. I know that voice. You wouldn't happen to be Grant, which one I said, oh, yeah. Uh, do I owe you money? No, but it, yeah, other than that, yes. Um, so, no, it was, it was good to chat with you, mate. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was good, to, good to meet you, bye. Cool. All righty, mate. Thank you so much for calling in again. And uh, no doubt we'll, uh, we'll talk sometime in the future. I'm sure next year we'll catch up for a, a pre-game drink or something like that and, uh, and watch the game. Uh, cool, fellas. Have a good night. Thanks, you mate. too, man. Thanks. Appreciate it. Talk to you later. And welcome back to the longest catch-up podcast in the entire world. Uh, we've just been... Uh, when all the callers came through, we've just been checking how long this podcast is and it's really long. So, but absolutely thank you very much for everybody that called in. That was, uh, that was a cool experience for me and Scott, I must say. It's, uh, it's a fan-based podcast that we run and having fans, talking to fans about the club is a touch inception-y, but, um, we really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Look, uh, thank you, Jono, Derek, Gwenda. Carlos and Braden, uh, very much appreciated. 
Look, we won't talk too much longer because we've been an hour and 20. Uh, only just a few very quick things. Thank you to quickly to our sponsor, uh, Mantra Hotel. Uh, just very quickly, if you want to book at the Mantra Hotel. Tullamarine. Tullamarine. Uh, you can basically just type in promo code lunchtime catch up one word and you'll get 10% off your room uh so thank you again for your sponsorship to the mantra hotel you can catch our show on all the socials instagram twitter lunchtime catch up um you can also catch us on spotify and and itunes iTunes, yep so look we so much appreciate your support uh it won't be too long till we take a break but we are definitely going to do a show uh either during trade week or our wrap up to trade week yep so just so you know that and then probably after that we're going to take a bit of a break i've got to move house <laughs> and, yes. also, and also going on holiday so um but we definitely want to cover trade week and do a bit of a wrap up but in all sincerity once trade week's over then most of the year's kind of wrapped up yeah. anyway so yep. i think we've only got the mid-november draft after that so um so just to give you a bit of a heads up. so Absolutely. Massive thank you to our Patreons too. Um, come and check us out if you want to uh, check us out on the Patreon join the site. Yeah. yeah, join the community. We um, we put a whole heap of extra content up on there exclusive for the Patreons. Um, it can cost like two bucks a month. Two bucks a month minimum um, cost there. Um, we have a ball over at the Patreon site. So thanks everybody for coming in. But um, I think that wraps up this exceptionally long podcast. If you've listened all the way through... Uh, we'd really like to thank you for that. Um, but this is going to be close to an hour and a bit. So uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, we'll catch you guys probably in during the trade week. Catch you guys. Talk soon. Bye.